Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, February 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Public health officials have warned Americans to get ready for the spread of the coronavirus. Bob Iger is stepping down as chief executive of Walt Disney, and Virgin Galactic shares fall down to earth yesterday after an earnings miss. Plus, a wave of leadership turnover at European banks has lenders scrambling to find a new generation of chief executives. The FT's David Crow will explain why. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. On Tuesday, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention came out and said this. There could be severe disruptions to daily life in the event of a larger outbreak of the coronavirus. American authorities are preparing for person-to-person transmission of the coronavirus in the U.S. We cannot hermetically seal off the United States to a virus, and we need to be realistic about that. We'll have more cases in the United States, and we've been very transparent about that, and we will then work to mitigate the impact of those. That's Alex Azar, the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services. Health officials have been urging businesses, schools, and families to prepare for a possible U.S. outbreak. There are already 14 confirmed cases of the virus in America. Meanwhile, new cases are emerging in other parts of the world. Algeria and Switzerland confirmed their first cases of the coronavirus, and new cases were found around Europe and the Middle East. All of this made for another day of volatile trading on financial markets in the U.S. on Tuesday, as the rest of the world followed suit. The FT's Peter Wells has more. Straight off the top, we've seen the yield on benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasuries fall to a record low, uh, and that sort of comes amid a demand for haven assets. Investors are selling risky ones. They're moving to much, much safer places in the markets. We've seen U.S. stocks drop by more than 3%. The S&P 500 closed down by just a whisker over 3%. Pretty interesting one, that one, because it happens to be the first time since August 2015 that we have seen back-to-back drops of 3% or more for the benchmark index. We've seen some pretty heavy selling uh, in in, in the past couple of sessions, four-day losing streak for the index as well. And that comes from a record high, admittedly, but there's been some substantial downward pressure in the past couple of days. And while the CDC is preparing for a disruption, the Trump administration is sending mixed signals. On the one hand, the White House called on U.S. Congress to approve $2.5 billion in emergency funding to combat the spread of the coronavirus. But on Tuesday, economic advisor Larry Kudlow said the U.S. had the virus contained. Plus, both he and President Trump instructed investors to buy the dip in the stock market. Now switching over to the world of media and entertainment, Bob Iger, Disney's long-serving chief executive, is stepping down. I've had the tremendous privilege of being CEO of the Walt Disney Company for the past 15 years, and it's been thrilling for me to be part of such an exciting and productive era for our company. That was Mr. Iger on a call with investors on Tuesday. The 69-year-old has postponed his retirement several times and most recently done so to oversee the development of streaming service Disney+. Mr. Iger will stay on at Disney through the end of next year as executive chairman. So who will lead the House of Mouse next? Another Bob. Bob Chapek, who is a mainstay of the company and most recently the chairman of the company's theme parks business. Shares in Disney fell nearly 3% in after-hours trading. And Disney wasn't the only company to make a change at the top yesterday. Keith Block stepped down as co-chief executive of Salesforce. His tenure was just 18 months long, and his departure means Mark Benioff is flying solo. 
MasterCard's Ajay Banga left the payments company after nearly a decade at the helm, and the boss of Uber Eats is out. The business has been under pressure to cut costs. And now from the owner of the Star Wars franchise to the actual stars, Virgin Galactic, which wants to launch tourists into space, widened its losses in the fourth quarter. The company founded by Richard Branson became the only publicly listed space tourism company in October when it floated. Its shares have had a meteoric rise since then. But the stock price tumbled back by 6% after hours on Tuesday. This followed the news that Virgin Galactic reported a net loss of $73 million in the December quarter. That compares with the $46 million it lost in the same period a year earlier. Revenues also fell, down by more than a half from the earlier period. The California-based company said it will be taking $1,000 refundable deposits for rides to space, but the full price and the timing for the ticket release were not revealed. Current reservation holders have paid around $250,000 a seat. And here's a story you should know more about. If you've had a hard time keeping up with all the leadership changes at European banks, don't worry. There has been a lot. A quick recap. We've already had Alison Rose appointed as the first female chief executive of the Royal Bank of Scotland. That's the FT's banking editor, David Crow. Credit Suisse has appointed a replacement for Tijan Tiam, who was ousted after a spying scandal. There's more. Then UBS named Ralph Hamers from the Dutch bank ING, prompting that bank to start a search for his replacement. And the merry-go-round isn't going to stop there. In the UK this week, Barclays announced that it would be looking for a new chief executive to replace Jess Daly. David explains what's behind this most recent wave of turnover. There's kind of two big moments, if you like, since the crisis that have led to sort of major upheaval. So the first one is the crisis itself, and that resulted in crisis managers, if you like, people coming in to try to save the banks. And then around about 2015, we talk about this class of 2015. These are people like the Standard Chartered boss, Bill Winters, Tijan Tiam for Credit Suisse, and these were meant to be sort of superstar chief executives that were there in anticipation of a recovery in revenue growth at the banks. And that didn't materialize. Negative interest rates persist in the Eurozone with low interest rates in the UK. And I think boards are looking for a new type of CEO that's good at cutting costs, that's good at digitizing the bank, that maybe has ideas about green green finance, which is moving up the agenda for investors and boards. And I think also they're looking for candidates that are more low maintenance, if you like. There has been a lot of drama at the top of European banking. And so I think that there is a sort of sense that that's enough drama, thank you very much. And we want a sort of more boring, cost-focused generation of CEOs that are going to cause us less problems. Right. And that, that boring can that you described. There actually aren't that many out there, right? The talent pool is quite shallow for two reasons. I mean, I suppose the first one is that the banks haven't done an incredibly good job at developing internal candidates. Now, 
most people say that it tends to be because chief executives can be a paranoid breed and often don't really like to have somebody lurking in the wings. And really, it's the job of the board and the chairman to try to force that succession planning, that development of internal candidates to take place time after time. They don't seem to be able to do that. A complicating factor is that where you might normally look is the US, but they also tend to earn a lot more than their European counterparts. And so trying to steal them away from America is often much harder than boards would like. And so, David, what challenges await this new crop of leaders? Well, I think what is certain is that this is not going to be a kind of golden period for European banking. If you think back a couple of years ago, a lot of bank CEOs were kind of counting on what has become to be known as the great reflation trade. That is that Mario Draghi, Mr. Gard's predecessor at the ECB, would start to raise interest rates in the Eurozone. That then leads to an expansion of net interest income. That's kind of the money that banks make from bread and butter lending would have led to a sort of period of revenue growth. Instead, what we're seeing is negative rates kind of here to stay. And that means that a different type of person is needed, and that is to cut costs. Now, cost-cutting has been going on at these banks, which have collectively shed thousands of jobs in recent years already. So it requires something more structural to get costs out of the banks, and that means digitizing them and automating them. And so if you take Ralph Hamers, the former CEO of ING, who turned up at UBS as their new CEO, A lot of people were very surprised at the announcement to begin with. He has never worked at a big securities firm. But what he has done at ING is managed to kind of change the cost structure, not just make redundancies in a salami sliced way, but actually kind of put the bank on a more digital footing, meaning that in the sort of longer term, structurally, it needs fewer people to deliver services to its customers. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. How do you build a healthy city? I'm Cheryl Brumley, the head of audio at the Financial Times. And that's the question we're tackling in a new six-part series. Cities are home to more than half the world's population. Billions of us are drawn to the hustle and bustle, to the excitement and opportunity they provide. But city dwellers also face a harmful mix of public health problems, like obesity, aging, and toxic levels of pollution. In this series, our editor of FT Health Reports, Darren Dodd, speaks to six FT journalists in cities around the world about the politicians, health experts, and local residents changing lives through creative interventions. From tackling loneliness in Copenhagen. I said to people, I am lonely. Help me. People don't hear it. To better urban planning in Singapore. It's also a sky garden in front of all this care center uh, where there's playground for the little children and fitness corner for the elderly. To overcoming fitness inequality in New York. Hypertension, diabetes, obesity. 
We need a space that is ours to do our healing. We show you how modern cities are the new battlegrounds for the creation of a healthier society. That's all in our podcast, How to Build a Healthy City. You can listen for free on FT.com, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or your podcatcher of choice. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.